I'm going to title this particular episode, When You Can't Get Someone You Love Out, You Go In Behind Them. You know, as I stated on the last episode, you know, once my mom got in that wheelchair the day of kidnapping, she never really got out. Uh, We brought her home. I helped her into the bed. The only preparation I had made the night prior, because again, this was all a decision literally in less than five hours, you know, the only thing I did was make sure that I had washed the sheets, changed the bed and put a new comforter on, you know, to be waiting for. Because like I said, you know, she you could tell that she was getting weaker and weaker. So I get her here and I get her in the bed. And I think I said this before on another one. Ignorance is bliss. I thought, what in the world was I thinking? So uh, I get her in here. I get her set up. I run out and get some of the basic necessities. Uh, She actually needed some of the things from her home immediately, like the medication that she was on for her blood pressure and thyroid. And so I get all of that and I take that time to give my daddy this, you know, pretend story. Oh, I took her in. They said she's really ill. They had to keep her, you know, and so... Uh, by this time, he had started doing this crying thing. In hindsight, he dementia was really starting to take over. And so he had kind of been having crying episodes before here and there. So, of course, he began to cry. And I told him things would be okay. And what's so weird is I really believe that. Don't ask me how or why. But, again, I could not see what was coming at all. And I believe in some weird way that everything was just going to be Okay, and it's hard for me to even say that now based obviously on the way things went, but I don't even know, you know, again, 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 ignorance, you know, it's bliss, you know, it's bliss. But I get her here, I run out, I get some of her necessities, you know, we talk a little bit about pretty much snatching her out of her home and uh, she said that she understood and she told me that she was very, very tired. And I said before that, When she asked me to wheel her into the doctor's office, I thought she must have been waiting to take this load off. And I actually confirmed that thesis in my conversation with her that afternoon because she said that that's when she told me how how hard she was pushing herself and that her legs felt like they had 100 pound weights on each. Um, She told me she was holding on to the walls to come up on the hallway And so just with the saddest of eyes, I just looked at her and listened. I didn't have much of a reply at all, you know, aside really from just shaking my head. But internally, I was thinking, I'm your daughter. You know, I told you in the other episode, my mom, her mother died when she was three years old. She has two wonderful older sisters that supported her through life. She told me that herself when she was younger, they became her mother's. And, you know, I just thought so sad that she could not or chose not to lean on any of us. My aunt uh, made a comment once I confirmed that I had her out. And she said, I think that if we had not gotten her, your mom would have died in that home. You would have just gone over there and found her dead. And and I believe that now, knowing what I know now, I, I truly, truly believe that. Um, but, you know, here I go. You know, we're... We're on this, you know, mission. She's here now. And so I just go into caregiving. And it's so interesting because I often think now, like, did she just really not disclose a lot or was I not a good listener? 
And I say that because obviously when she got here now, instead of having to make assumptions about what's going on with her and how she's feeling now, I'm able to actually see it for myself. And so, you know, I told you she had started fasting and she thought, oh, okay, the fasting just got out of control because she had started losing all this weight to where it, you know, she appeared very unhealthy. And so when I got her here, I learned that actually she was having trouble chewing and swallowing. So while we're, you know, fussing at her, I don't care if it's broth, eat, 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 eat something, eat something. I'm like, did she ever actually say, listen, people, I can't eat. Something's going on with my tongue and my throat. I don't think that she did, but you know, I wonder now because it became very apparent there were a lot of issues going on. She had pretty much lost all hand finger usage. She could raise her arm. If you prop something in her hand, she could, you know, navigate a little bit. We she couldn't use her finger anymore, obviously. So I got her a pencil, the little pen that you use to tap the screen, and then we had to elongate it with the pencil. Because again, you know, the the usage of the hands and fingers, it was just going um, really fast. And so again, just no idea of the full extent of everything that she was going through. And so we would work around. I would try to make her tease one of my good friends. She had sent her over soup. You know, we worked on that just to make sure that she got food into her body and also water because she was terribly dehydrated and it's odd because you think okay well I get she can't chew or swallow thinking more along the lines of solids but actually the thinner liquids were the greatest culprit you know she could barely get down any water at all it just would immediately send her into a choking episode and so um I I say that because that's the marker for when this journey took another turn. I'll never forget it. I was on the porch, probably just taking a breather because at this point we're about a month and a half in. She really has not left my master bedroom at all. She got to the porch one time and it took so much out of her. We all vowed to never try to get her up again. And I mean, she just stayed in here. I put things on that I thought she would like uh, I remember she had not gotten a chance to see the Gladys Knight and Patti LaBelle verses. And, you know, those were some of the icons of her time. And she uh, watched that. We watched movies together. She even watched Disney movies. I didn't even know she liked Disney movies. But she never really left the bed of the master bedroom. And it wasn't because she didn't want to. You know, she made many attempts to get up. Um, we were able to get to the bathroom back and forth some. And then we eventually started buying diapers because it was just too risky. Like I say, something's going on. And remember, at this point, we don't know what. We've seen this neurologist that has said it's absolutely not ALS. And we're just on the gabapentin and just figuring it all out. And like I said, she was already feeling bad. And the gabapentin was like a wrecking ball. It just, it made her feel even worse. We're basically just rolling with the punches, just rolling with the punches. And, but though, that's what our days look like, finding things that she would eat and watching TV and kind of just researching, thinking and talking about things because we're like, okay, it's not ALS. What is it? But again, I'll never forget the day I was on the porch and 
I heard my son upset and I ran in and my mom was on the side of the bed. She had tried to drink some water and she choked so bad that it scared her. She was actually crying. It had scared her so bad. And I remember my son was terrified and he was standing in front of her. You know, it's like a, a steel shot, a snapshot in your mind. And I remember he was standing in front of her. His hands were on her shoulders and she was leaned forward, just so frail in this black and white mumu black and white was her favorite color she had her head and head uh in a turban her hair up in a turban and you know just she was so you know just visibly upset and i remember i went over to her and i was like what what's going on what happened and she said i can't get any of this water down and so the choking was just getting worse and worse and worse not a drop not using a straw nothing worked it's like her throat her tongue, all of that had just gone absolutely haywire. You know, we take that mechanism for granted. You throw something in your mouth, you chew it up, your tongue throws it back, and it's gone. But it was not in cooperation with her. And so it was such a terrifying moment. And she said, I may need to actually go to the hospital. And it's so interesting because my Aunt Beverly had actually mentioned we were in a, a text and obviously I'm communicating with her sisters, my Aunt Beverly and my Aunt Evelyn. And she had mentioned, you know, does she need to be there? Or does she need to be in a hospital? I believe my Aunt Evelyn and I were kind of along the same lines of maybe she just needs rest. Because again, you know, she's been a caregiver. Maybe rest will help her because at this time, ALS has been taken off the table. You know, we're thinking they'll figure out something from one of these tests. She'll get some medicine. She'll start to improve. And obviously resting doesn't hurt anybody. So that would, you know, stack the deck. Um, but I do remember my Aunt Beverly had that concern and we made a decision at that point to go ahead and go to the doctor because she was just fearful. She was so dehydrated. She wasn't gaining any weight. She was barely, barely, barely eating. And so we went to the hospital. 